0: The basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old.
1: You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god, just for a few moments.
0: Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Live, the Indiana basketball memory show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Uh, you're probably listening to this at Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. That's all one word, keeping the Nostalgia Alive. Uh And while you're listening or get done listening to the upcoming show that we're having today, uh, peruse all the other shows that we have within our library. I mean, there's Rick Mount, there's Kent Benson, there's Gene Cady. Uh, anything that has to do with a great game of uh, basketball from the state of Indiana. Uh, is in there, uh, listen at your leisure, download them, uh, uh, take them with you, whatever you'd like to do. So that's at keepingthenostalgiaalive.podbean.com. Now, before we start today's show, it seems like I was pondering the other day, and it seems like every show that I do is six degrees of separ- There's six degrees of separation from the, the person or the thing that I'm going to talk about or, or the people or whatever we're going to interview. And, for example, Rick Mount. Rick Mount came to Broderpool High School where I attended from 82 to 86. And uh, he sold um, athletic equipment and uniforms to the athletic director, Gene Ring. So I got to meet him there. Four years later, after I graduate from Indiana State University, Rick Mount walks into the finish line and all of a sudden I'm selling shoes to, you know, one of the legends of Indiana high school basketball games. So it's all six degrees of separation. So before I introduce today's guest, the six degrees of separation from what I was reading up on is that the first game that we played my senior year in high school. My senior year, our team went 26-0 before we got beat by Jeff George and Warren Central in the regional finals at Hinkle Fieldhouse. But our first game was against East Chicago Roosevelt. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the nastiest dunks I saw that's my senior year was from Tony Harris and East Chicago Roosevelt. So that was just... And we came out with a fight. We uh, ended up winning the game by five points. Uh, it was at our place, but... Uh, You know, that is my kind of uh, intro into the show that we're going to have today. And we're going to talk about a new documentary that's out, and it's called We Are EC. So, We Are East Chicago, The Untold Story of East Chicago Basketball. And we're going to talk about the producer and the the production company that did it, uh, Tim Helfen. Tim, thank you so much for being on the program. Um, I got the DVD uh, last week. I watched it. I was enthralled. I got. I was so enthralled. I called it a movie instead of a documentary. But uh, I, I think you'll take it either way. And thank you for joining us to chat about uh, this uh, project and uh, how other people and how it came about. And uh, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. It's a it's a great opportunity and a pleasure to be on your show. Um, the the documentary came about. Um, Just to give you a quick background, my great-grandparents were immigrants uh, from Romania, and they settled in East Chicago, Indiana. Now, Lord knows why they settled in East Chicago, Indiana. I think it's just the job opportunities that that brought a lot of people to uh, the Midwest at that time. Um, But, but, uh, you know, I grew up in southern Indiana, but my family is from the region, and, and so I would always hear these stories about East Chicago basketball. And, and my uncle uh, was a longtime teacher at Roosevelt High School in East Chicago, and so he would tell me, you know, my guys, you mentioned Tony Harris, uh, Jim Bradley, um, all those guys and the legends and certainly Washington and Roosevelt High School basketball teams. And the second part of the equation, which nobody is particularly interested in, is I am a big documentary buff. I just I love the uh, the genre. Um, I just love watching documentaries. And so the combination of these things was always in the back of my mind. And I thought, you know, there needs to be a documentary on East Chicago basketball. And, and, and you know, whether it was the right decision or not, I think it was the right one. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to, you know, uh, <laughs> get the people together. I'm going to make the contacts and set up the interviews. And, and so it just really all came together in a uh, fantastic way and I'm and, um, just certainly really pleased with the reception uh, from the audience that we've got so far and the response that we've got from, from people of all different generations, all different backgrounds and people not even from the region or from East Chicago have certainly uh, been very receptive and very uh, positive in, in how they t- talk and speak about the documentary and so I'm certainly very humbled and uh, uh, excited about that uh, Tim what so
0: what was the process what would give us a little bit of the process and how long did it take to get that process together for you to decide hey you know I'm gonna do this so you know take us through a couple of steps of how difficult it was you know uh, how, how did you get all these guys together I about fell out of my seat when I saw uh, uh, Popovich uh, come on the screen and start talking about the uh, basketball up there. But uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about how it got started and 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 the time that was invested in it.
1: The, the time was, uh, uh, you know, it was a lot of time. I probably spent literally uh, probably a thousand plus hours doing uh, research and the actual production and, and the uh, interviews and and everything. Yeah, easily a thousand hours plus, but it was all time that. Uh, i wasn't working it was it was certainly fun and so i probably spent uh, three to six months just researching um, online articles newspaper articles visiting libraries and really getting an idea of the story and the history of east chicago um, the city itself and then the basketball and the high school parts and then so Then from that point, you know, I I put together a list of maybe 25, 30 people that I thought, you know, if I can get five or ten of these people to talk to me, I I think we have something. And so really the first couple people that we got on board were Pete Turgovich and Junior Bridgman. Um, And and I met Junior at a a Chamber of Commerce luncheon a few years ago and talked to him about the idea. And he, he said, oh, this sounds great. Uh, you, you know, he came down to my office. He invited me and said, "Hey, I, I can talk about Chicago basketball all day long." And, and same thing with Pete Turgavich. Reached out to him and said, "Oh yeah, come come over to my house. You know, we'll talk about it." But then, you know, logistically, you have other issues of traveling to these different places. But again, you know, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher, and so I have summers off. I have weekends. I, I can do that. Um, and, and then I was very fortunate to because the next aspect of that, which is the tough part, is I don't have any video equipment. <laughs> I don't have any audio equipment. So how are we going to do this? And I reached out to uh, a gentleman named Buck Osborne uh, based out of Indianapolis, and he does some production and editing work for some you know, big-time uh, TV programs, uh, TV networks, and he uh, was on board with the project as well. And so he did the uh, technical aspects in terms of the videography, the audio, and then the editing of the uh, documentary once we had everything in place. Um, But from there, once we got Pete and Junior on board, um, we talked to Ron Bibiak, and it just kind of really got lucky. Like I said, I had a big list, and I thought, boy, if I can get some of these people to talk to me, we really have something. And after the first few interviews, I knew immediately okay this story is special this story needs to be told um and, and then uh, i got in touch with mirko blessage uh mirko is a guy i consider a friend today super great guy um his story on the documentary is unbelievably emotional and heartfelt um and, and just a tremendous story and then as we're leaving uh, the interview with Mirko and he's talking about his team in the in the mid-1960s and growing up to East Chicago as a displaced person um, you know from uh, Yugoslavia and, and the Serbian background um, and, and so we're leaving his office and he says hey Tim have you talked to Pop yet? Well you, you know a lot of people know in the region some people outside of the region probably don't know but Greg Popovich grew up in East Chicago uh, he went to Maryville High School to finish um uh, when, when his parents got divorced, but he grew up in East Chicago and, and his lifelong goal was to, to play for Johnny Barato and be an East Chicago Washington Senator. And and, and Mirko just kinda of mentioned this and I'm thinking, you know, they're in the middle of the season here and that you know, I, I don't exactly have Popovich on speed dial. <laughs> and and Mirko immediately, immediately says, Hey, I'll call him tonight and he goes, I assure you he will do this <laughs> And so I thought, you know, he's going to follow through, but I didn't know what, what to expect of it. Like I said, they're in the middle of the season. Um, it was early early part of November, late October at this point, uh, a couple of years ago. And, and two, three days later, I get a call from the uh, PR director of San Antonio Spurs, and he says, hey, Tim, can you get to Chicago or Milwaukee? We're playing there next month. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I could get there, <laughs> and so so we ended up it just worked out timing wise and everything that we went up to Milwaukee, um, and, and so we literally literally did the interview an hour before tip off in the coach's locker room before the Spurs uh, Milwaukee Bucks game. I, I mean, so we got in, we we were allowed to set up the equipment before the team got there. Um, Popovich and the Spurs staff. Uh, could not have been any kinder, they could not have been any more accommodating. They let us set up all their equipment as they're going through the scouting reports and everything, and, and then they kind of asked us to, to step out in the hallway for a few minutes before the team went out for warm-ups, and then basically, they cleared everybody out of the coach's office, the assistants, the trainers, and, and we sat in there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, interviewing Coach Popovich, and and again, I'm I'm nervous. This is a big interview. This is a big deal. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you're realizing that here's a coach of, of, you know, his success and fame. It's an hour before game time, and he was never rushed. He never felt like you were intruding. (laughs) I I think he would have missed the first half of the game if I would have had a few more questions. I I just, you know, you could tell. And hopefully it's clear on the documentary that his years growing up in East Chicago meant a lot to him and, and still means a lot to him. And, and like I said, it, just one of those things that worked out, um, again, the same thing with, with Pete Turkovich and Junior Bridgman, uh, Ron Diviak, Mirko Plesic, all of these guys went out of their way and invited us into their homes, into their, you know, places of business, their offices, um, and again all of them could not have been nicer and almost after every single interview they said hey have you talked to so and so I can put you in touch with so and so and that's how it worked out that we could get all of these guys um, going back to you know again Ron Diviak on the 1960 state championship team uh, at East Chicago Washington all of these guys from different generations and different uh, great teams of uh, East Chicago basketball, and, and like I said, it just came together in a way that was really even bigger than than I could have ever imagined.
0: You know, it's interesting, you know, about the uh, the setup of the interview of uh, uh, Coach Pop, that, you know, when I sat there and watched it, now that I'm kind of going back and remembering what I watched, that's that's a great story because you, you can't tell he's got a game that's uh, getting ready to happen an hour later by that interview. You cannot tell that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is sitting in there re- relaxed. And, and, and it's funny is because, you know, one – I, I never met him, uh, never had talked to him prior to that, just was always in contact with the Spurs about logistics and things like that. Um, and, and all you see is these short interviews of him on TNT sidelines. And so I'm scared to death. I, you know, I'm thinking, man, this guy's got a game. I'm scared to death. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to tell me yes, no, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but but it, was, it was not like that at all. And, and like I said, he went out of his way the spurs went out of their way um to, to make it happen because because really the bucks did not have another private room that we could use obviously being on the road and we, we couldn't do it or didn't really want to do it out in in kind of an open area in, in the gym mm-hmm. so that you know he was on board and the spurs coaching staff was on board, hey, we'll just set up here in the uh, coach's corner (laughs) so you can kind of see some of the the lockers in the background and and things like that and so, um, again, it was uh, for for Coach Popovich a dream never fulfilled, but but he always, like he said on there, always followed these Chicago teams um, and just, you know, grew up of, that was his first introduction to, to basketball and that's how the love of the game started for him And so many of these guys that you grow up watching, you know, the generation before you and say, hey, I want to be on the team someday. This is what I want to do. And and you find a way that you're going to work and and make make that a reality.
0: You know, it's interesting uh, doing what we do uh, that, you know, most of these guys, when you call them up, we're like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I'll, they say, they say, how long is it going to take? I said, oh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes to an hour? What what am I going to talk about? And, and then, And then you get in the interview and you go past an hour, sometimes hour, hour and a half, just because of the passion <laughs> that just exudes from, from these guys. And, and it's very interesting that you comment that, you know, when you got done interviewing a lot of these people, did you talk to this person? Did you talk to this person? Let me call him. Let me cock t- t- Isn't the passion of Indiana high school basketball amazing? It,
1: it, it's it, like you said, it's amazing. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. I, I mean, you know, East Chicago is certainly special, but there's a lot of communities, a lot of cities that you know, like we talked about earlier. High school basketball is the thing to do, and and it brings so many communities together um, that that you put away your differences, you know, whether it be politics, whether it be you know troubles um, that, that you're having, um, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights in a high school gym where there's five thousand plus people cheering for their team. Um, nothing beats it and and it's you know one of the things I got lucky on with the documentary is those guys wanting to tell their stories Um, you you look at uh, a guy like Pete Turgovich you know Pete won two national titles at UCLA playing for Coach Woodman was a starter on the 1975 national championship game you know the highlight of his sports career he talks about playing for Chicago Washington and and winning a state title as a high school senior, and, and same thing with with uh, Junior Bridgman. He's you know nothing beats growing up and playing high school basketball with the guys you grew up with, the guys that you're best friends with, and playing in front of your hometown crowd and hometown fans. And that's why you know you see and, and you're certainly hearing all the time, more so than me, all the debates about you know class basketball and everything else. But but still in a you know six night semifinal, Friday night Saturday night sectional championship boy those gyms are still pretty packed and and, and again you know the regular season might not be as much but, but Indiana high school basketball again there simply is nothing like it um, it truly is Indiana's game and um, th- that's what makes it fun and then when you see these communities rally behind you know these 16 17 and 18 year old kids it, it's just a whole lot of fun
0: Tim did you play high school basketball?
1: I did, I did. Although, like, well, let me. I had a uniform, and I was sitting on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've listed in the program, but but no, I did play, and, and uh, you know, our team at, at Pike Central High School was uh, we, we were a pretty solid team, and, and made it to the uh, sectional finals. And again, whether you're sitting on the bench or on the floor. Certainly, you want to be playing, but but uh, it's just a lot of fun to be a big part of that. So, um, you, you know, and the funny thing is, you get together with your buddies and and still relive some of those memories and still talk about it. It's just a great way that that people can build lifelong friendships and relationships, and and and, and you see this in in again in a documentary of the Chicago, but but other communities. It's just a fraternity of of people that played the game that that were fans. Um, you know when you go across Indiana to high school gyms you know you see the same people there you know year after year after year sitting in their same seat and, and it's just just a heck of a lot of fun you,
0: you know I I I i put east chicago up there i put gary up there south bend fort wayne even indianapolis down in evansville because the high schools are so close and because of how good each high school is there is so because of the concentration of teams in all those areas if they were spread out within the state there'd been a lot more state championships with those with a lot of those cities and a lot of those teams within those cities
1: yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, East Chicago and, and Gary certainly beat up uh, on each other. You know, you kind of knock each other out early on in the tournament, and, and certainly in Indianapolis, you see some of those teams play early in the sectional and regionals. Um, which you, you know, and, and the other thing about that before really the first rounds of high school consolidation, um, you know, going back to 1960, Chicago, Washington, one of the the things I found out and was even surprised that team won ten games in the state tournament to win the state championship. It took them ten games. I are like, "Wow!" I mean, how many teams were in the tournament and in the sectional to to go all the way? Because uh, now you probably can get there in uh, you know five six games. Um, but for that team, uh, certainly a very talented team, to have to win ten games um, again, it's just a very thin margin. Um, you, you can't have any nights off, that's for sure. Um, and for a city of East Chicago size, that's the other thing that people sometimes don't realize. It's a city of, you know, about 30,000 people. And so, you, you know, to have the, the level of talent that they had, um, 1970 East Chicago Roosevelt and 1971 East Chicago Washington, I mean, those teams, you know, in a city of 30,000 people had over 10 Division one basketball players. Um, you know, and so when you see in the same city the level of talent that's suiting up on the same court in a sectional, you know, sectional game, it's just unbelievable. And and, and so the talent uh, makes the story, but again, it's the people and those memories uh, that they create, and the stories kind of behind the scenes. Um, hopefully, we were able to share enough of those on, on the movie as well. And and one of the things that, that you brought up earlier. Um, you know, I, I initially wondered how much you know material I would have to fill the documentary, and you finally get to a point where, gosh you know we've just got hours of stuff we just don't have time for. You know, um, it, it really was hard to cut it down to an hour and forty minutes um, because you have to cut out some pretty good stories. You have to cut out some things, and, and that's kind of the unfortunate side of things, <laughs> but. You know, we probably could have made it a three-part series, but I didn't know, you know, what the audience would be for that. So, you know, we put it all together, and we ultimately tried to do the best that we could uh, to tell the story.
0: Tim, in, in doing the documentary, did did you find a... Uh, uh you know, it was single-class basketball. Now it's class basketball. Did you find the passion for stories uh, uh, coming from both just as strong? Did you find it, uh, you know, was it more for the single class? Did you find people kind of disappointed when they went to class basketball? Or was the passion the same across the board?
1: I think the passion was the same, um, you know, because I think people um, talk about what they know. And, and, and Pete Turgovic probably... You know, was was probably the closest to both, being that he, he you know played on the 1971 East Chicago Washington team that was a state champion, and then he was a coach um, at 2007 East Chicago Central High School that was a state championship. Um, and, you know, and to him and, and to the people in East Chicago and the fans, they're state champions. They don't you know say, well, we were four A state champions. You know, that was, and maybe it would be different if it was a, a lower class. Um, But that's a state championship, and certainly they had to play, you know, Valparaiso had a good team, uh, Munster had a good team that year. They played a lot of great teams along the way, Marion, and then obviously North Central with Eric Gordon in the championship game. So they're not holding themselves short as well with class basketball. I mean, they had to play tremendous teams to get there. Um, And, again, I don't think they put any type of, you, you know, asterisk or, or disclaimer on it um, that, that banner aims the same and means the same to not only the players and the coaches but the fans of the communities and and uh you know as, as we talked about in the documentary that title at East chicago central was was the community had been waiting a long time for that because when consolidation happened um in the 80s between roosevelt high school and washington high school um, they, they expected a dynasty um, they, they the expectations were high um, that they thought and, and you mentioned Tony Harris earlier you know everybody was talking about well if Tony Harris would have played with Kenny Lofton um, and Freeman West and, and those guys at, at East Chicago and Washington how good would they have been you know that's kind of the beauty of Indiana basketball we never really know um, you, you know you don't know the chemistry of some teams you don't know how things would have played out in the tournament, um, and, and there's a lot of examples of that across the state. Like, what well, if those teams would have been together, or you hear all the time, well, if this team would have had a three-point line, how good would they have been, and, and things like that. So, the game's always changing and evolving, but but uh, the, the passion is still there and it certainly means the same to the players and the fans.
0: You know, Tergovich tells a – I I wasn't expecting it, but it was a hilarious story about – I'm not going to tell everybody about it because I'll have to see it, but he tells a great story about his suit jacket.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Pete, uh, he's a funny guy, and, uh, yeah, like you said, I don't want to spoil the story either. Um, but it is on the documentary he's talking about a suit jacket uh, <laughs> that he wore throughout the state tournament and, and in the state finals um, you, you know and those guys on that team you, you know he, he he said it and, and uh, Judah Parks an assistant coach on that team said it those guys were not only great uh, players but they were just great kids and, and obviously Etuan Moore on that team in 2007 went on here to uh, have a nice very nice NBA career um, and, and continues to improve and, and, and be impressive as a professional. And so um, and that story, you know, Billy, the thing is about the documentary is I have this all planned out. Um, like, okay, this is the story, this is what it is. But then when you start talking to the guys, and yep. you hear that story from Turgovich, and then you hear Ron Giviak and Mirko Blessens talking about going to the restaurants with Coach Barato and nobody really knows what to do because they've never been in a restaurant before. And you hear those stories, and you're like, you know, this is what the people don't know. This is what I don't know. Everybody knows who wins the games. Everybody knows, you know, who went on to do what. Um, But those kind of stories, um, I I just think, really make the documentary special. um, In a sense, it gives you a little bit of behind-the-scenes um, things from the coaches and the players and, and just some funny antidotes as well. You know, one of the things, we showed this um, at the AMC Theater in, in Cherville, and we had uh, back-to-back, we had sell-out crowds, and one of the biggest reactions we got was when LaTanya Pollard was talking about her mom. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil the story, but when LaTanya Pollard was talking about her mom and, and you know the incident that happened in the game and it just got tremendous laughs from the crowd and again these are things that um, you know everybody knows the story of who wins what and the scores and uh, we certainly wanted to cover that and some highlights but some of those funny um, and, and certainly Mirko Blessage talking about his family and teammates and their history um, were very emotional those are some stories that that I think was part of where it comes into the the untold story uh... Um, and, and that's what we tried to capture as well and, and like i said i could not have planned for any of that stuff that was uh... the story told by the people themselves of their experiences and what happened and, and like i said it just turned out much greater than i could have ever have thought about or dreamed about
0: so how has it been received so far And once you did get it completed, what are the headaches or the ups and downs of getting it out there, getting it promoted, and uh, 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 start selling it?
1: Well, that's uh, you you know, once you have it finished, you you kind of get to that point of okay, I've done what I wanted to do. What's next? And and uh, you know, we finished it. Let's see, you're going to get me uh, in trouble here. Probably the summer of 2016, early fall. And what we did is we had a um, screening for the people who were involved with it and the people who were on the documentary and their families. And so we we had them come in and we did a screening for them. And then um, uh, it would have been February of 2017, We showed it, like I said, a couple of times up at the AMC Theater in Cherville. Um, And and we kind of surprised them because we essentially, um, you know, it took some some arm pulling for them to let us show it on a Friday and Saturday night. And and we were going up against, I think, the movie at the time. Well, I know it was at the time because I still have this as one of my uh, uh, achievements was La La Land. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so it took some doing for AMC to give us a Friday and Saturday night. At, you know, this is a 14 or 15 theater. It's one of the biggest in Lake County. And we were in the morning show for those two nights. And, and so there were people there in the um, kind of in the commons area, in the concessions area. I mean, we're talking 45 minutes an hour after the screening is over. Just visiting and talking You would have thought it was a family reunion And, and in many ways it was and It was just a whole lot of fun And then you have people coming over And saying hey they just want to see what the crowd was about And, and, and hey when, when can I watch the movie And things like that And and so so We did a couple of more showings Up there and, and so that was kind of Our limited release I guess <laughs> we, we did four screenings At AMC and then we were very fortunate we were invited last summer um almost a year ago exactly um to screen it at the uh, indie film festival in indianapolis and, and so we had a couple of viewings there um and, and after that uh, we we put out the dvd with uh some extras that we we're very fortunate we caught the kawan short uh you know in between his training camps with the with the carolina panthers and some other community activities that he was doing Um, and so he did an interview with us uh, that we were able to put on the dvd and some other stories and so the dvd and and the uh, blu-ray i guess has been out for about a year and upcoming in august we finally have got clearance and approval uh, that we're going to release it digitally on itunes and amazon which um, it's funny because that was a pretty involved process and um, that, uh, you know, to submit everything and, and make sure it's up to specs and up to their codes and, and it was a little bit of a challenge and a little bit of a work um, but but you're glad to do it and, and uh, like I said, you start this process of not knowing a whole lot about it other than hey, this is a great story and, and this is something I want to be a part of and and, and like I said, there's been some bumps in the road, but but it's just been a heck of a lot of fun uh, being able to put together, and and we're really looking forward to a another nice response from a digital release that that people will be able to you know rent it online or buy it online um, and, and watch it, and I think that's just going to make the audience and. um bigger and and the story
0: will continue on it's a tim helfand production and it's called we are ec which stands for east chicago the untold story of east chicago basketball so do you have uh, a social media presence where people can go and actually purchase it is it on amazon where can they purchase this dvd either dvd or blu-ray
1: yeah, the best way to go on is our Facebook page. Um, it, it's just we are EC, the Untold Story of East Chicago Basketball. We do have a Facebook page, um, and then from there they can purchase it directly or follow follow the links. We have an online uh, store. It's a Shopify store, um, so you know people can go on there and buy it. Um, from there and then like i said in august they will be able to, and we'll put this on our facebook page our twitter account uh, our twitter account is we 2016 um but uh we'll put it on there the links to where they'll be able to buy it on itunes and amazon like i said we're still maybe a month away or a few weeks away from that but uh, really looking forward to that because there's so many people that uh you know want to watch it there's so many people that I think probably haven't heard about it yet that, that hopefully once they do they say okay I want to check this out because again I think uh, you know we, I stayed away from the political stuff I stayed away from you know wanting to focus on basketball but I think once you see the the backgrounds of people and a little bit of the history of East Chicago you also certainly have an appreciation of the city and um, the community itself
0: Tim, was there any point during uh, the production of this that you were like, what am I doing? What did I get myself (laughs) into? Um, I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. And then, of course, the next day you're like, oh, man, this is fantastic. This is great. I'm going to (laughs) continue.
1: There was a lot of points where I thought, okay, I bit off more than I can chew. I bit off more than I can chew. But um, what really... Um, You know, I guess maybe I'm stubborn, maybe, you know, determined. I don't know what what word fits. Um, But I just kept saying, okay, I'm going to keep plugging along. I'm going to keep plugging along. And and one of the nice things about documentaries, and really helped me out, was, you know, you can do an interview or two a month. Or, you know, what we would often do is try to, you know, because like I said, Bud Osborne was driving up from Indianapolis Um, I was driving up from Southern Indiana, so oftentimes we would try to do a couple of interviews, um, you know, on a day and then head back or, um, you know, two or three on a weekend, but you really can spread those out a little bit, you know, one, from a logistics standpoint, but then two, you know, reality from a budget standpoint of, hey, i got to pay Bud and I've got, you know, mileage and hotels, and so it's like, you know, uh, there's a lot of time and money put into this, but really... I, I was just determined to do it and I kept thinking after we've had all these guys open their doors to us, tell us all these stories, you know there was no turning back because I, you know I, I truly you know and they probably don't feel the same, um, but I truly had a lot of pressure on myself of hey I got to do this for these guys. I got to get this out there and, and do it for these guys and knowing that it's never going to be perfect, It's never going to be complete. You can't, you know, unfortunately we can't interview a hundred people. You you know, knowing those things and and even looking at it now, there's some things, oh, I wish I would have done this differently or I wish I would have put this here. Knowing all of that, you just do the best that you can and and certainly are very proud of the the product. And and so, but, you know, when we were doing the editing in Indianapolis, uh, I spent a week in Indianapolis and, and Bud and I uh, we're literally working, in, you know, eight ten hours a day. Um, you know, side by side, he's piecing everything together on his editing software and doing a tremendous job. And this is after you have a script written out. You kind of have the outline. You do the narration. Um, all of these things, and, and that you know, I don't want to forget Brian Jennings, um, who's a baseball coach at Griffith High School. He was the narrator, and he did a tremendous job. Um and he came down to Indianapolis to record the, uh, the narration, and, and so all of these things come in that, you know, again, when I first got into it, you didn't really think about it, you didn't really plan out, um, and it's a heck of a lot of work, and, and a heck of a lot of time, but, but it's also a tremendous amount of fun, and then and, and when you see the response of people, um, again, it's not perfect, it's, it's not complete, but when you see the response of people, and, and when people thank you for doing this, Um, you you certainly have a tremendous amount of pride um, in in what we're able to do
0: you know it's interesting when I sat down to watch it uh, you know I did not know a lot I, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that was talked about and um it was very interesting because sometimes, uh, uh, I don't know, media or whatever, sometimes the concentration is in, in central Indiana. You know, uh, sometimes the people in southern Indiana basketball are forgot about. Sometimes people in northern Indiana, South Bend, Fort Wayne. But, you know, th- for anybody who's a Indiana high school basketball fan or, a baske- or even just a basketball fan, this was thoroughly enjoyable, and it educated me on what basketball was like up in East Chicago.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and that's the essence of, again, what we tried to capture um, is certainly, special to East Chicago, but, but again, there's many, many different communities across Indiana. Like you said, I think all basketball fans, um, not just in Indiana, I mean all, all basketball fans can enjoy this and, and take something from it. And, and ultimately that, that was the goal. And, and, and like we say, you know i think it is a story that will make you laugh it'll make you cry um but but it's just a heck of a lot of appreciation uh for the people um in the community of east chicago and and uh, just hopefully it's a story people will enjoy
0: so tim i i i did a book it's called echoes of memories basketball from indiana i got it published i got it all done i'm selling it and i'm sitting there and i'm going what's next so Tim Helfen, you have done an outstanding job with We Are E C, the Untold Story of East Chicago Basketball. What ideas or what? I, I'm sure there's probably too many. Did the uh, you know did a a, a a larger wattage light bulb go off on the top of your head on what are you going to do next? Or are you just kind of kind of enjoy this and take it to its run for now? What, what, what's next for Tim Helfen? I,
1: I think a little of both. I, I think really both of you know you're always thinking what's next. Uh, you're always thinking of different ideas and, and and I think you know one of the things that you know it has to be a story that I'm passionate about, it has to be a story that that I think there will be an interest and, and an appreciation from an audience standpoint. But like you said, it's just you think about what's next, but I also want to see, okay, let's get our digital launch here um, and release and, and see where we can continue to go with that. Um, you, you know but but uh, certainly down the road, um i i you know i don't know exactly what yet but but i certainly would love to uh uh produce another documentary or maybe more than one more um uh, but like i said you know, when i find that passion and story I, I think it'll be clear and and then we can go from there but but like you said you're always thinking that okay now i've finished what's next and that bulb but but then i also want to hey, uh you know see where we can go with this documentary and and continue to uh to sell it and to push it and, and to get it out there so, so people can enjoy it.
0: Did you lose any family members along the way or do they all still love you?
1: <laughs> I think they all still love me. So They they all still love me and I, I think they're all still proud of me. Uh, you know, but a lot of friends and family think "Boy, you're pretty crazy for trying to do this and and you know this with, with all the work you do. You just find it's a love for it and a passion for it and and, uh, you know, you know, fortunately, as a high school teacher, I have some summertime that, hey, i got to kill. <laughs> and so, it's, you, you know, you find some things, to kind of outlets to do that. And, and like I said, these are guys that, you know, I grew up hearing stories about. And so it was just a, a great deal of fun for me. And, and you know, any time I would go up to Chicago or go down to Louisville to, to interview Junior Bridgman or go up to Milwaukee, uh, to interview Coach Popovich, uh, you know this was a of a lot of fun for me, and so this this was kind of my vacation as well. So, uh, you know, I think I'd rather do some of that stuff than than you know other ways of entertaining that that people uh, can do. So. Uh, but, but, no, I did not lose any family members, or at least none
0: that I know of yet. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. You're listening to uh, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. You're listening to us on Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, all one word, dot .podbean.com. Once you get done listening to the interview, you'll uh, see in the caption below uh, a place where you can go and get this fabulous documentary called We Are EC, The Untold Story of East Chicago Basketball. It's a uh, Tim Helfen production. Tim, thank you so much for spending some time with us and telling us about this project. I thought it was an an amazing watch, and uh, we'll get this out there, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, you'll see a a turn up in sales, and we'll we'll educate people on what uh, basketball and life was like up in East Chicago, Indiana. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank, thank you for the opportunity. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was always great talking uh East Chicago and high school basketball with you And again. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's been a lot of fun talking with you.